Buddies, a reading club for people. Thanks for joining us as we discuss Please Kill Me, the uncensored oral history of punk by Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain. This week, part three, The Piss Factory. And now your hosts, Josh Tyson and Mark Brush. right that's right rotate your arms open up those armpits very good very good sit bones high sit bones high push your thighs back hug your low hug your uh, front ribs in there you go no tension in the neck release all that tension very good very good okay right leg to the sky keep your pelvis flat lift the back of your thigh towards the ceiling very good all right, now very gracefully, I'd like you to step through to a low lunge. Ooh, yep, kept your balance. Had a boy. Okay, you can drop that uh, back knee. We're gonna go into a crescent moon pose. And again, you want to hug those front ribs in, in. But you're you're moving back. Your torso is moving back. You're getting longer out of the pelvis. Your your chin. You want to kind of tuck your chin back. Yeah, like that. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And feel that psoas opening up in front of your right leg, doesn't that? Oh, let's get the door. Want Here, why don't you towel off? Hey, everyone. Yeah, welcome. Come on in, take a seat. Welcome, welcome. Grab some zen, as always. Zen, dig in. Uh, Mark, Williams man. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Hello. How about well, a little welcome, bit of context? Everyone. It's another book club. Our third book club. I'm happy to set the stage for everyone as a graduate of Williams College, I am more than capable of doing that. What year did you graduate? 1933? I think the focus this week, we'll get to it when we discuss the book, but it's interesting how the cast of characters is blossoming. Mm-hmm. It's no, when we started, it was just, boom, here's Lou Reed and Andy and Velvet Underground. Boom, here's some shit bags in Detroit. <laughs> now it's like, it's, there's, there, it's kind of, it's spreading. Yeah, it's like you don't even zoo. know where you are, where you're going. It's mostly New York, but so I, I, I'm going to focus specifically on two seminal acts. Okay. Every week, there's seminal acts involved in this podcast. Television. Television. And other mamones. Those are kind of the big, uh, big guns in this chapter. We're getting to some big guns. Television and, and, and <clears throat> television. Mm-hmm. An American rock band formed in New York City in 1973. Tom Verlaine and Richard Hell. Hell yeah. Quick aside. Let's hear it. We found an elf on the shelf at reduced pricing. Congratulations. And bought that recently at a Michaels store for the family. Oh, Michaels. And the you always ki- want to go Michaels over Hobby Lobby. Oh, Hobby Lobby. No agenda <laughs> at Michaels. Oh, is there an agenda at Hobby Lobby? Uh, yeah. They want to piss all over women's rights. Oh, didn't know that. Very religious. They're closed. Have you been there? They're closed on Sundays to allow their employees to worship and, I mean, spend time with family. That's nice. Go to church. So is Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I don't eat there either. Although I do shop at Hobby well, Lobby I would need at Hobby Lobby. Now. They have a... My point is that we were naming the shelf... A lot of shelf- obscure lozenges name- <laughs> up by the front register. They, you know, like the little... Who does? Hobby Lobby? Or- buys. Yeah. They have all sorts of really weird, oh, nice. old-timey lozenges. 
Nothing better than an old-timey lozenge. I know, like sarsaparilla flavored? Looks like that is right up your alley. It is. You and your... I'm sorry, you found an elf on the shelf at Michael's. You and the hipsters of Brooklyn. With our sarsaparilla kombucha. Waxing your mustache. Now, yes, and so if you... And it came with a book, and you read the story of the elf, and then... Obviously, this is going to be a big deal next year. But it's not. We're warming her up. She's starting to study the family right now. We're moving around. Isn't Harper kind of at the age where she thinks Santa's bullshit anyway? Nope. Really? She's a believer. You've kept that lie I going. She, I think she know. I think she know. But she wants to believe. Here's what happens with Elf on the shelf. She just has a generous spirit. No, our kids want to believe too. So much so that when mom and dad forget to move Elf on the shelf. Yeah. Well, guess who never forgets? How do you know? You never had one. The chief strategist. You're gonna forget, dude. You're gonna be laying in bed one no night. No way. Like, oh fuck! I forgot to move the Elf, and you're gonna be all cozy. Nope. Like, no. No. You know too tired. what I did? I'll remember to do it in the morning, but then you since you sleep did? in till ten o'clock. I already even put in a calendar reminder on December 1st to break her out next year. I'll bet you did. You bet I did. Organized. You got to name the elf. And yep. we're sitting there. My parents are in town. We're all like, oh, let's name the elf. And then the little squad, I want to name her Lily. Fisby. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, how about Nico? Ooh. Like, like, Ooh, Nico. And then I went, uh, how about Richard Hell? <laughs> Ooh, is your elf named Richard Hell? Well, it's a female, and it's not because the kids went, oh, he said hell. You're like, hell yeah, I did. It's a guy's name. Television, 1973, Tom Verlaine and Richard Hell. Early fixture, it's CBGB. And the 1970s New York rock scene, Although this is it. Although they recorded in a stripped-down, guitar-based manner, similar to their punk contemporaries, the band's music was, by comparison, clean, improvisational, and technically proficient. I think that means they could play their instruments. Yeah, Tom Verlaine was a jazzer, man. Drawing influence from avant-garde jazz and 1960s rock, the group's debut album, Marquee Moon, is often considered one of the defining releases of the punk era. It's an amazing album. And it, it, uh, isn't it much, it's less known than... No, it's like a cult It's a favorite. Cult, that's what I'm getting at. It's a cult yeah. favorite. Hey, can I hear a little bit you're of not, it? You're not going to hear it at Urban Outfitters, but you might hear it... Hobby Lobby? At the right kind of craft brewery. You know what? Drinking were, your triple IPA. There was some uh, some venue, you would know this, some music venue in Denver shut down. Everybody's so upset. It's been around forever, and these weird acts came through it. Huh. You've been there. Where'd you go see Beacon? Lost Lake? I don't no, that, not that Lost Lake. That place isn't very new. No, it was somewhere else. Like a small... Like Cosmonaut? The High yeah. Dive? No. The Cosmonaut? Yeah, it was. I, I'd heard you be. Can I have some television? Well, I thought you wanted to talk about strange venues. There used to be this record store on South well, I can Broadway do that over the- called Double Entendre that had a lot of like seminal no. emo and. Uh, Where did you go see Beacon? I just told you it lost like Cosmonopolis or something. Cosmonaut. Rhino- oh, Rhinoceropolis. Maybe that place closed. Oh yeah, that was like very New York punky. I saw a lightning bolt. That's why I brought it up, because I know what I'm talking about. I'm making connections. You are. No, I saw a lightning bolt there. I saw women. Then and now. New York, Denver. Women. Remember women? I remember women. Amazing band. Saw them there. Didn't women become Viet Cong, become preoccupations? Uh, Pieces of, yeah, Yeah, someone and women died. Just like the punk movement. People dying, people screwing each other. They got in a fight on stage right before they broke up, too. Like a fist fight. What do you think of that? That Sounds like Iggy at his best. It does. Oh, and my elf on the shelf is named Folly. Because he, when we first put him on a shelf, he fell off. What's it going to take to get a television song? Uh, you got to ask nicely. Please. Okay. See. Well, Marky Moon. Yeah. You know what's good about this? Some riffs. It's like 
somebody actually cares about making music all of a sudden in the punk movement. Yep. Not all attitude. that classic guitar interplay between uh what's his name paul Verla- tom, tom verlaine, verlaine. richard lloyd yep this verlaine guy with, I, oh, I got some quotes i got something too well, let's set up let's set up the Ra- ramones and then we'll get to the discussion why we can talk about television all right you want to like dig rules, in huh? what was my williams man segment we can keep going I'll, yeah let's, let's go ahead is this too much television? Faded out. We're almost there. Might as well let it play now. Listen to this. What's going on with this tempo? There's some tempo in another song that's nuts. I think it's the next song. This is the end of the first side. Tommy boy. Something else there. You, you can hear the avant-garde jazz. Listen to this though. This is Terry Ork. Remember that guy? Yeah, did you see him? Tom, Picture him. <laughs> he looks like uh, he looks like an orc. Tom Verlaine Aww. was very priggish. He didn't smoke marijuana, inject heroin, and he didn't even drink that much. Hell I, yeah, he didn't. I think Verlaine was scared of any derangement of the senses, oh. and hell was just the opposite. Did, he would just luxuriate in it. Did, Tom Verlaine was a very bright boy, very learned, but there was uh, some tightness within him. Sound He hard. was so tightly wound. Mark Rush. Oh, yeah. He was always concerned about men coming onto him. I yep. mean, he was pretty, but I think he didn't really know what life was about. I'm not concerned about it, but it happens. Look Remember? At, look at, I bracketed that. What did I write in the... You wrote MPB. I did the same thing. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm, of course, going to go a step further and say that you're Richard you know, Hell. Richard Hell, yeah. I figured you would have <laughs> done that. It's a classic interplay. Well, listen, if it worked for television, it can work for Nash. Listen to Richard Lloyd. Oh, yeah, this is Richard Lloyd, not Richard Richard Hell, I guess. But Did you read this part? He had just accrued experience from books. It was all read and not lived. Yeah. He's, oh, nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, you know that pain. And all classic. too well. Look at you. Good, good, good call. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know why I like this. This is a Richard Lloyd quote, so it's not quite Richard Hell. It's this whole other no, wait, guy. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, though. Okay, okay. Is this because is this I can follow up? I don't know. This it, one is you could do dope and then you could no. drink all night and you, and you wouldn't shake at all. You wouldn't get drunk. Nothing would hurt. You could play guitar like you'd never played before. You could fuck five or six. Oh, wait, it's for six or seven hours straight. You know, like nobody, a machine. Nobody Mr. wants machine. that. Nobody wants that. I think it's, think it's funny that he, yeah. he's like so laissez-faire about dope. I think it's such a maybe there's a different masculine view of the world. Well, there's another. Here, listen to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, OK, go ahead. In terms of the Natch interplay. Okay. So since the Verlaine hell interplay that we've got going on, yeah, here, yeah. this is Duncan Hanna, our friend from last episode. Yeah, who, who turned down to, an opportunity to shit in Lou Reed's mouth. He didn't want to do it. We were just talking about that, though. I mean, I feel like Lou Reed was just <laughs> super rude to you. we got to stop talking about that. But <laughs> I mean, anecdote. If, someone is, if one of your heroes is being a, or like a real prick to you, right? like awfully rude, nasty, like, mm-hmm. and then says you can shit in my mouth, why wouldn't you be like, all right, well, at least give it let's a shot. see if you mean it, dude, because I will. Duncan. Uh, crap in your mouth. Stop. On stage, Richard Hell and Tom Verlaine looked like they could blow up at any minute. Like they were just trying to keep the peace. Sometimes they'd have a fight on stage. Wow. Like we have a fight on this podcast. <laughs> you wait almost. until Natch episode 97. Yep. You're going to hear some of that same interplay. Uh, it would be like a Sunday night. There'd only be like 15 people there and someone would play something wrong and Tom Verlaine would start yelling at Richard, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard would yell back, don't take it so seriously, asshole. <laughs> Oh, that's oh. exactly. In a nutshell. All right. The only thing that's different, though, is uh, classic. Tom Verlaine was able to kick Richard Hell out of the band. <laughs> you, you don't have that option. 
I didn't need your... Well, no, some of these mics are mine. No, the mics, but you need my garage band yeah, touch. I yeah, I would never. There's no Natch without... Come on. It's a, it's a, it's a binary star system. That's right. We'd have to rebrand. Um, I don't know if I have You know who other. else you get introduced to in this uh, chapter is Malcolm McLaren, who... I didn't do any Williams context for that, but go ahead. Well, I mean, he uh, was just kind of on the scene, but then he, he was, he's the one who went back to London after hanging out in New York for a while, inspired by Richard Hell, and basically cobbled together the Sex Pistols. Right. Yeah. Well, that's coming. It is, but... You're jumping ahead. You do this in every book club. Remember when we were reading uh, Joan Didion? Oh, well, all I do is flip until I have a page that I put a star on. <laughs> Don't do that. Go in order. What did you want? In order. Well, I'm going to... I think... I'm looking before. I don't think the rest might be Ramones. Here's a nice thing about the. Uh, am I still in Piss Factor? Yeah, New York Dolls. I thought this would be a great thing for you. Next time you're at a cocktail party, this is uh, Jim Marshall. Yeah. Uh, they didn't go as good. The one thing that impressed me about these New York Dolls was that they were always asking people for their clothes, especially girls. They were like, <laughs> "I like your shirt. Can I have it?" Yeah. What a move. That's a great move. Yeah, I mean... These guys were players, dude. Look at you. Well, they were. I'm not a player. No. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hear some Ramones? Have you have you given enough? Richard Hell. But ideas are free property. I stole shit, too. Talking about uh, Malcolm stealing a, a television song to start the Sex Pistols. Right? Uh, it wasn't a television song. It was a Richard Hell song. Or no, Hell. it was... Uh, they played it as television, I think. What was it called, though? B Blank Generation. Blank Generation. And pretty Vacant. Became pre pretty. Yeah, I'm looking right at it. That's pretty Vacant. Legs Listen to this. Nail. Malcolm McLaren, though. I carried on and carried on, but all the girls around the New York Dolls were all bloody disease ridden. Oh, God, yeah. This keeps coming up with Malcolm. And so I have the naive fun... What? And so the naive fun level suddenly went out. I suddenly got terribly paranoid, and I had to look at them with a different kind of eye. You know, like some sort of clean foreigner thinking, fuck me, these people are filthy. She's not happy with the... Uh, I probably should have read that in a British accent. It's probably a different caliber of available female he could go Well, and they talk, they talk about him, too, because he, he's the one who was, like, with the New York Dolls when they broke up. He's the one who kind of turned them into this, like... Weird political... party, yeah, yeah. political act. They were all wearing red leather jumpsuits with a communist flag in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Sickle. And then everything falls apart when they're like oh, on tour go. in the South or something. And they can't get drugs. <laughs> they're in a trailer park in Florida. Oh, that's <laughs> Somebody's what it was. moms. Oh, and so man. then who leaves? Richard Hell uh, Thunder, and Johnny Thunders. Johnny Thunder. And Richard. They, they it's unclear. Out. It's unclear whether they're like, they really get fed up and leave or they like really did need dope. And oh, had I'm to go back almost to New York. positive it had more but, to do with dope. Well, not according to them at the time. Right. Well, sure. That's, the New York that's posturing. So maybe we've had our first breakup. Because I think the Stooges, yeah, the Stooges were going. They break up, get back together. Well, the Stooges break up at the end of this bit. They break up earlier in the book, too, for a while, remember? Iggy goes to London, it's, it and is. he's with someone else, and he's trying to record an album, and then he emails one of the actors. Oh, yeah. He's like, we and tried he, everyone yeah. and couldn't <laughs> find anyone. Will you come? Fucking Iggy Pop. Good God. Yeah. And I don't even know. The Velvet Underground are done by now, right? I think so. <clears> oh, here's <throat> the last thing before I get to my Ramones bit. Oh, this is Legs bit. McNeil. What? Good old Legs himself. Legs, who, who's going to be clearly become, what, the historian of the movement? I think he already has become that. Well, he founded Punk Magazine, which is happening at this moment, and then a little... Uh, legs. But I hated most rock and roll because mm -hmm. it was about lame hippie stuff, and there really wasn't anyone describing our lives. What were their lives? Which was McDonald's, beer, and TV reruns. Yeah. Classic American the finer upbringing. Things. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, let's get some Ramones. Oh, the Williams men. Yeah, Williams. The Williams. Ramones. 
They were an American punk band formed in New York City, neighborhood of Forest Hills, you Queens. You want to read a real history book, read Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. That book will fucking knock you on your ass. Better than Chomsky's Manufacturing Consent? You think that's a good book? Fucking people baffle me. What baffles me is every week you two have the same shit to say. Yeah, come on, up. Damon. All right, let Mark get to his, I mean, let the Williams man speak. Do you need an, a refreshment on your Zinn? I think you need to pour those two in another Zinn. The, <clears throat> the Ramones, they were often cited as the first band to define the punk rock sound. All of the band members, I didn't know this. All of the band members adopted pseudonyms, ending with the surname Ramon. You thought they were all brothers or something? I didn't know, yeah. Although none of them were related. They performed, this is random, 2,263 concerts. So that's, that's a lot, lot of concerts. They were touring, like when I, back when I was making a fool of myself, trying to say hi to Dexter Holland of The Offspring, they were still touring, dude. <laughs> I could have gone and seen the Ramones instead of seeing some third-rate Orange oh, County nonsense. They, all right. They t- I saw touring, some good tur- bands, too. Touring nonstop for 22 years in 96 after a tour with the Lollapalooza Music Festival. They played a farewell concert and disbanded. By 2014, all four of the band's original members, lead singer Joey Ramone, bass guitarist Didi Ramone, lead guitarist Johnny Ramone, and drummer Tommy Ramone, Dead. Dead. Well, you can't huff that much glue, and God, that was all you got to pay the piper. What's this? 53rd and 3rd. It's Dee Dee and his pipes. Sell his body for dope. Oh. Any port in the storm, any man will do. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some life, right? The rowdy book book club this week. Every week, especially Damon. You, Damon. Yeah. Keep it in your pants, buddy. We know about Howard Zinn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To the to the text. To the text. Uh, this is one of my favorite. This is who's first. Legs McNeil, I think, first seeing. Uh, yeah, he's with Lou Reed. Are they at uh, CBGB? Probably. Anyway, seeing the Ramones. This is Legs saying. Then they counted off a song: one, two, three, four. And we were hit with this blast of noise. You physically recoiled from the shock of it, uh, like this huge wind. And before I could even get into it, they stopped. Apparently, they were all playing a different song. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because <laughs> they have a fight, storm off stage, and come back. <laughs> but then blow minds, uh, nonetheless. <laughs> they're all playing it. We should do a, we're all, let's just do different podcasts. You Talk this, to each other in different podcasts. Do you have this Lee Childers quote? I'm sure you got this one bracketed. The first time I went to CBGB's was with Wayne, Co- Wayne County. There were six people in the audience. We ate chili, which years oh, later, BBBL oh, was I, horrified to learn. She said, you ate the chili? Stiv told me the dead boys used to go back into the kitchen and jerk off. I intentionally it. did not highlight uh, that quote. There, here's the, the best retort, though. I said to her, so what? Hell. I had worse in my mouth. <laughs> oh, the whole place smelled like a bathroom. And there were literally six people in the audience. And then the Ramones went on stage and I went, oh, my. They sound like God. a bunch of complete freaks. Hell Yeah. D- like DD like D- is described monsters, as like yeah this wide-eyed dumb look but he was secretly sharp well you never ball. really knew he would sometimes say stuff that made you think he was like dumb as opposed no smarter than oh. he than you maybe thought he was which is a nice strategy Joey is like apparently wearing like these New York doll-esque jumpsuits well, I think that's before they became the Ramones and that's when like he was nine feet other tall band. and looks it's insane huge. yeah uh, I don't it's just bizarre 
Yeah, makes perfect sense. I just like that these scumbags kind of rewrote cultural history. Like, a bunch of like scumbags you hear, their song, you hear their songs in like bank commercials now. You know who's heavily influenced by the Ramones? Who? In fact, I think the first single on their last album was... Let me get the, let me get the name right. Uh, uh, what was the name of that album? Songs of Innocence, I think, was the name of that album. The Miracle, parentheses, of Joey Ramone. What is that? A band? Bono. You too, oh, dude. Bono. <laughs> you talking you two to me? Never. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I get chided anytime I bring up Mark Maron's podcast, which he actually interviewed the authors of this book. But you can start trying. You, you tried to plug you, you talking you two to me last week. Have I, to, have I told you my Dave Matthews band Route 2 story? Yeah. On this very fucking mm. microphone. We're going to have to sneak that into one of these shows. Oh, that'll be, that'll be the outro on the next book, Buddies Route 2. Here's, here's something I learned from Legs McNeil. Yep. They knew how to market, dude. Like when they the did, when they settled on the name Punk. Such a weird. For that magazine. Yeah. They printed up all these flyers. It Have said, you read Punk that magazine? Is, coming. is it around? So. I don't think it's still around. Okay. I mean, you could probably find back But it issues. was seminal? It was seminal. Punk is coming. These banners, they put them all, all, like all over New York City. No one knew what they were talking about. Like, punk is coming. They didn't say Punk well, Magazine is knew, coming. Well, they, I know, but a lot of people just saw like, you know what they, you know, Multiple coming. people, including William Burroughs, say... Well, that's well, you what know I was what, leading to. Oh, okay. William Burroughs down here. I always thought of Punk was someone who took it up the ass. And he's not the only one who thinks that. I know. Then later you got uh, How Wayne Kramer. Apropos for this movement. I know. Let me see if I can. F- I isolated that Wayne Kramer quote too. It's a too. weird mix of like this gender ambivalence, but like aggressive sexuality and kind of a masculine version of sexuality and just, but, but guys, girls, whatever. Oh, here you go. Wayne Kramer. Not going to is- end well for Wayne. <clears throat> Well, I guess to fill people in, you find out about, uh, you know, the MC5 kind of hitting the skids and then he becomes a criminal. He's like doing, he's robbing houses and shit to pay for dope and eventually sells a bunch of cocaine, really good cocaine. He's quick to point out to some federal agents and ends up getting four years, I think, in prison. So while I was in jail, one of my pals brought me a subscription to Billboard magazine. I started reading about the Ramones, who to me all looked like Fred Sonic Smith. And they were managed by Danny Fields. So all these articles kept saying that these kind of bands were inspired by the MC5. And from where I sat, punk did not have a good ring to it. So I was flushing the articles down the toilet because in jail, a punk is somebody that they knock down and make their girlfriend. You know, I'm going to make you my punk. And all that kind of talk could get you killed, right? So just another element of danger to the whole movement, right? You know why it fits? Because here's just more Iggy being Iggy. This is Bebe Buell. Bebe uh-huh. Buell. Uh, she's super excited to see the Iggy. Is it just Iggy or the Stooges? And the Stooges perform at the venerated Constitution Hall at Washington, D.C. Mm. And she goes upstairs, I think with her mom. She takes her mom or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And meets him. And they're all like lucid and happy and great. And then 15 minutes later. And then Iggy crawled on stage, literally, and just picked up the mic and went, just out on the floor. It was really sad. Performance art, buddy. Stooges show. Quickly followed by Iggy himself. <clears throat> Interesting insight into Iggy. I get to the hotel. I'm nervous. So I take all my per diems and buy 20 Kahlua and milks because I'm nervous, but I only like pussy drinks, right? <laughs> it's class act. What an enigma. Um, yeah. Well, aside from the use They get of that attacked term. by some bikers on stage as well. <laughs> that was pretty colorful. That, those are my highlights <clears throat> for that wonderful 
part. I do have this, uh, more Iggy. Uh, this is him kind of, he's kind of had a nervous breakdown. He does have a breakdown. Here's Scott, here's Scott Ashton. Back pain is part of it. Dude. Oh God. What's in the margin right there? I'll start with Scott Ashton. After that, Iggy had a nervous breakdown. I don't know. After what? He got all fucked up, I guess. He was walking down the street and finally just collapsed. It was from a massive, from massive amounts of drugs. <laughs> I mean, you, you just can't take acid and quaaludes at the same time. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I've tried mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Iggy Pop. I just wanted to forget everything that had gone before. I was sick out of my mind. I couldn't sleep. My back had been put out of joint after I'd fallen backward nine feet off a stage and I was in constant pain. I had to get myself into a stupor in order just to handle it. Back pain. We're with you, Iggy. Imagine if he had kids. Oof. (laughs) Well, this has been Book Club. Yep. Please Uh, Kill Me, episode three. What what, uh, what do we have to look forward to next time, Mark? Episode four is my guess. Well, I know, but it, oh, it's you. Ne- you should never have opened that door, nineteen seventy six to seventy seven. So I was born in that window. Oh, I've already been born. <clears throat> was yeah. I born in the piss factory window? Yeah, you were probably born in the piss factory. That makes sense. No, I, I wasn't born in the piss factory. I'm a I'm a lipstick killer. All right, all that's right. a much better. I'm, oh, okay. And before we go, we have, to, we have to wrap up. up with our customary questions. Please. Was something learned from reading this book? This is open to the whole group. If so, what? Damon, if not, you got something, Matt? Why did the book fail as a yeah. teaching tool? Not now, huh? Something about Howard Zinn? How do you like them apples? Uh, I would say that this is what I'm taking away from it. We've, we've, we've introduced these characters. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story, the way it's being told. I didn't, this pastiche of quotes... It's working for me. It's a really great, it's a great format, way to isn't it? Historically, do this, and so you get these people, and these you got the Lou Reed, you got the Iggy, and now it's sort of flowering. You got different venues in New York; they're all interplaying with each other, which is, I don't know, I don't. That's atypical. Do all the pop stars now get together? I guess Taylor Swift has her squad. Wait, of what? The way they all intermingle. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to each other's. Some shows of these, these groupies days. have slept with everybody in this book. <laughs> it's quite an accomplishment, really. Yes. Mark, it's like a big family, but it's extremely dysfunctional. They are all degenerates. Except most for of them maybe with hearts of gold. Tele- I don't know, television. Maybe that's why I like television, because they're, they're Well, I knew you'd loud. like Tom Verlaine, and I knew you'd like all that, because he's a, he's a flourish man. Oh. Lots of flourish. Oh. And, and he's got all sorts of like weird, complex, impossible-to-loop rhythms, mm. which I know you like. Nothing better. Yeah, you're going to become a pretty big television fan. He actually, there's a Tom Verlaine solo album I encourage you to look at too. It's, it's like more of the same. It's fucking good. I forget, his his I forget voice is called. a little unique, right? But it grows on you. Tell you what, I can see how it would grow on you. It's a pretty voice, like Lou Reed. Uh, Mark, you're still looking for web links, right? I, they still don't have. Is that the question? Yeah. Did the author provide any pertinent web links? Well, the answer is no. All right. Come on, legs. Uh, once again, did preconceived notions of this person or topic change after reading the book? If so, did they change for the better or the worse? Explain yourself, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I, my mind goes right to television. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something, just a, a visceral response. I was like, oh, yeah. It's not just all attitude. Somebody's into the music. Yeah. Some artistry to this. Finally, a tightly a, wound academic. It's not, it's not a performance, degenerate performance piece. There's like some music here. Yeah, he wants precision. Ramones are scaring me already. There's something enigmatic about Iggy. Stooges, meh. 
Lou Reed continues to just seem like such an ass. Yeah. A big ass. Yeah, he gets into it. I don't know if he has a big ass. I think he has kind of a cat ass. I've seen pictures of him doing Tai Chi. is a Natch Natch. production. Your hosts are Josh Tyson and Mark Brush. Josh, formerly of B. Dalton Bookseller, holds a B.A. in English from Metropolitan State University of Denver and is the author of Sweet Nothings. Mark, formerly of Tattered Cover Bookstore, holds a B.A. in English from Williams College and is the author of The Kepler Track. Check out their other shows wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Natch for food news eventually, and In the Face for insider NFL action. Theme music by Anna Deloy, Williams, class of 18. On the next Book Buddies... Pretty cold over in Massachusetts. Compared to Virginia.